Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online, your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul-searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though, and so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth, and then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Conversations with Jeff here on the Gatekeepers Podcast Network. Uh, before we get started with today's episode, just wanted to remind you guys uh, that this that this series that we're doing right now, I am interviewing each of the authors from the book Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America. Um, if you guys would be interested in ordering that book, um, we it's actually released right now. So you guys can go to gatekeepersonline.com slash churchandstate.com. And, uh, and you guys can get your copy of that book. We've got a bunch of, bunch of great contributing authors, including Pastor Greg Locke, Dr. Michael Brown, Denise McAllister, Pastor Kerry Gordon, um, a bunch of the, the GK guys, Dr. Mike Spaulding, as well as today's guest, we've got, uh, Pastor Ken Peters. Um, and so if you guys do go order the book, make sure you use the code Ken at checkout and you get 10% off, plus you get a free copy of Pastor Sam Jones' ebook, Why I'm Pro-Life. So that's some really good resources for you guys, but, uh, yes, yeah, so today we've got Pastor Ken Peters joining us, talking about his chapter in the book. Uh, Ken, welcome back to Conversations. I believe technically, on Conversations with Jeff, you're, I think, in third place in the number of times you've been on the show, so we might have to, you know, ramp it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, um, third place isn't bad, um, but hey, what a lineup for, for your book, uh, Church and State. Can you believe that lineup, Dr. Michael Brown? Greg Locke, McAllister, Kerry Gordon, the legendary Kerry Gordon. I mean, um, what a great book. We got to really get that out there because uh, that's a fantastic lineup. You can't do much better than that. I know. It, it's crazy. It, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's one of those things like this book, it, it really goes kind of hand in hand with our first book that you were part of too, Social Injustice. And I feel like, and I keep saying this, but social injustice, I think, really took a look at the issue of culture Marxism and social justice from a theological standpoint how it's compromising mm-hmm. the gospel, compromising our understanding of scripture. This one is a little bit more strategy. 
uh, and understanding the, the leftist strategy of what they're actually doing here with infiltrating the church. Um, and so it's they, right. it's kind of one of the it's a sequel, I guess you you could call it, but it kind of goes hand in hand yeah. to give you the the full understanding of what's going on. Now, your chapter specifically, you were really dealing with the single issue voters, and I feel like from a lot of the you know what I refer to as the evangelical elite. They've been criticizing a lot of the single issue voters when it comes to voting for pro life. Um, you know, so what what are some of the things that you've been seeing uh, from within evangelicalism in, in regards to a bad response to the pro life movement? You know, I I think uh, we should be single issue voters. I mean, it, would anybody criticize you in the eighteen hundreds um, for being? Uh, a single issue voter when it came to slavery, I don't think so. I think here here we are, uh, you know, a hundred and some years later, we would applaud you for being a single issue voter if you are voting Abraham Lincoln, let's say, to end slavery. You know, why would this be any different? Um, in fact, the Democrats they know it's a single issue, guaranteed. The Supreme Court for them and Amy Coney Barrett. And her nomination, it is all about abortion for them. They, they might not say it, but we know it. It's clearly obvious to me and to, to many that the Democrats are single-issue voters. <laughs> now, of course, all the other issues matter. You know that. They matter. But nothing goes to the, to the top of the food chain uh, like the abortion issue. Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online, your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Master's. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Yeah, and I feel like one of the one of the big problems um, with with a lot of the critique of single issue voters, specifically within Christianity, I think, has been this attempt to redefine what pro life actually means. And so, what they'll do is instead of pro life being specifically geared towards uh, protecting life in the womb, what they do is they they take it and turn it into we we need to uh, stop the wall if you're actually pro life. We we you know we need we need to have welfare programs if you're actually pro life. We have to do all these leftist talking points if you're actually pro life. How how do how do we bring the conversation back to actually keeping the original definition of pro life? Right. So they're making quality of life equivalent with life itself, um, which. Putting those two things, uh, collapsing those two things together is a terrible mistake. Now, of course, once again, we should always fight for quality of life. We want everybody to have a great quality of life. Um, and the way to do that is to create equal opportunity. You're never going to create equality across the board and everybody's going to be the same. And uh, that's just uh, impossible. That's the 
false, um, you know, uh, utopias of communism and socialism. That's never going to happen. It doesn't work. It's not part of our world. <clears throat> but quality of life is not equivalent to life itself. If you don't allow somebody to even be born, quality of life ceases to be a, an issue at all. First, let's get people born. And then, <laughs> then maybe we can work on their quality of life. So there is a, a massive attempt, to your point, within evangelicalism, people like Beth Moore and, 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 uh, and, you know, uh, Pryor and these, the, just, just so many woke evangelicals today are, are trying to justify not voting pro-life by, well, we're, it's from womb to the tomb. Well, amen. <clears throat> I agree. And if they're killing five-year-olds, you know, in clinics, well, by all means, that becomes just as important as uh, the murder of the unborn. But as far as I know, Jeff, help me out if I'm wrong, I don't think Planned Parenthood is at this point, although I wouldn't put it past them, I don't think they are at this point killing five-year-olds during the day uh, in, in Spokane or any other town. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's, that's one of, the, I think, the, the really big points is is that it's like we can, we can debate the issues of quality of life and the government's role in life and things like that. But they got to be alive before you can actually debate that kind of stuff. And, and, I th- and I think one of the concerns that I have specifically with a lot of these people, like you mentioned, like Beth Moore, I believe like Mark Dever and Jonathan Lehman and some of these guys are saying some of the very similar things about the, about the pro-life movement, single-issue voting and things like that. But in dealing with them specifically, I don't understand... How, how they can justify voting for a Democrat when the platform is so anti-God, anti-Bible, and then also anti-life. I mean, literally, their platform is abortion up until birth, sometimes after birth, too. So then, so then like, is this something where we should be doing church discipline on, on, the, on these guys? I, I honestly think so. I think that any Christian evangelical that condones, because that's what it is, it's condoning. Any Christian evangelical that condones voting Democrat based on their platform, forget personality, just look at their platform. And by the way, why are all the doctrinal people not caring about doctrine? All these doctrinal people not looking at the doctrine of the Democrat Party, because the Democrat Party has a doctrine. Forget all the personalities. And how nice they are, and and and, and suave they appear on TV. Um, they have a doctrine, and based on the doctrine of the Democrat Party, no God-fearing Christian evangelical can vote Democrat based on the doctrine alone. And so, I think yes, church discipline. They 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 should not be now. A lot of a lot of them are saying, well, hey. We're not going to vote Biden. We're not going to vote uh, Trump. We got higher standards than both of them. <clears throat> All right. You know, I, I still think that's a cop out um, because them not voting for the Republican platform, which is pro-life, um, is hurting the cause. And so I have a problem with that as well. But for guys like Tabidi, who blatantly say, and, and Keller is 
doing his darndest to make it okay. There is a movement to make it okay to vote either party and to take that abortion issue, which was my chapter in the book, uh, the abortion issue, and eliminate the one-issue voting concept and just kind of melt all these issues in together. It's just it's just terrible, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, one of the things that I feel like keeps coming up from, from these guys uh, that, you know, they call themselves conservative Christians, but it, but when push comes to shove, it doesn't seem like they actually are. Um, you know, it was actually, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, Pastor Sam Jones and I uh, ha- did an episode of a podcast we had on a Master Seminary grad who was actually voting for uh, for Joe Biden. And, uh, and he was, he was going into his rationale for it and all this kind of stuff. But one of the things that he, that he brought up that, that I wanted to ask you was he makes the argument that he can't make the issue of voting between Joe Biden and Donald Trump about the pro-life movement specifically because we've had Republicans in office for decades and they haven't actually done anything. They haven't actually accomplished anything. And then even looking at President Trump, uh, he was making the argument that President Trump hasn't really done anything for the pro-life movement. What's your response to that kind of argumentation? Well, and I understand the frustration with the Republicans, um, but the, to fix that problem, we got to get good Republicans in there that actually live out what the doctrine says they believe. The, these parties, they have platforms, and the platforms are on black and white. And, and you have Republicans that don't really fight for the platform, just like you have many preachers that won't fight for the Bible. The, these, these are rhino preachers and rhino Republicans, and we ought to attack that and eliminate rhinos. Let's get Republicans that will actually believe what the platform says the Republican Party believes. So that's, that's what you, you do there. You don't use um, limp-wristed Republicans or limp-wristed preachers to abandon sound doctrine and a sound platform. What you do is you force these Republicans and preachers to live according to the Bible, or in the case of the Republicans, the Republican Party platform. That's what you do. You don't you don't make it okay. I'll use that as an excuse. Oh, there's some Republicans that are weak and spineless and aren't you know really doing much as an excuse to well you can vote either party now. As far as President Trump. Your question on that, or your statement on that, that other, that our other people are saying, President Trump, I wish sometimes he'd come out and be more aggressive in the debates. He's being too fearful. We got to stop being fearful about the issue of abortion. When they ask him a question in a debate, I wish Trump would say, "Abortion is murder, everybody. That's a life in the womb. Abortion is murder. How dare you know? I wish he'd be more aggressive like that. But I will tell you one thing: Trump is doing is he's generating a lot of uh, uh, enthusiasm. He was the first president in history to speak at the pro-life march that they do in January. Also, the list of judges, pro-life conservative judges, including Amy Coney Barrett, who's who's up for nomination right now. <clears throat> that is something that nobody can deny that Trump has done. He has done a better job with his judges, in my opinion, than Bush did. Uh, the junior or the senior. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'd say Trump has done a lot of good for the pro-life movement, especially with the judges that he's nominated. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think for me also looking at, you know, the issue of, of Donald Trump, 
And, and even the issue of voting between Donald Trump and Joe Biden is for me when I'm looking at this, I'm looking specifically at abortion, right? With Trump, you can make the argument he's not doing enough. You know, because when you think about it, he hasn't defunded Planned Parenthood. He hasn't banned abortion. He hasn't really done that, right? Now, I have appreciated, like you're saying, putting judges in there. That's a huge, huge thing. At the same time, I would take non-movement over movement in the other direction with Joe Biden. Joe Biden is going to make it more readily available, fund Planned Parenthood more, make it more accessible. At the very least, Donald Trump will keep things at the status quo and not allow it to become more progressive in in, in the implementation of, of abortion. So at least it buys us four more years of not having more baby murders than we've been having uh, up until now. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Yeah, I mean, a restraining uh, power, restrainment is good. So restraining evil um, is a good thing. If, if that's all he's doing is restraining, then hallelujah. But I, I think we'll find out in the end, you know, you don't notice it right away, but he's put in over 300, I believe, uh, brand new federal uh, judges, which is which is unheard of. And, and these are constitutional uh, pro-life, for the most part, um, judges. And I, I think we cannot know the effect of that for years and years and years. So, But to your point, even if he was just a restraining force on this this uh, murder children uh, mentality, we saw them light up the Empire State Building just a year ago, <clears throat> with you know celebrating the death of babies to the moment of birth, uh, the right to to murder them to the moment of birth. Um, there is an absolute flood of of demonic and and leftist agenda that is going after the seed. And um, so even if it's just a restraining power, like you said, Jeff, that in and of itself is helpful. And like you said, can buy us more time. I think that's a very valid point. Yeah, and specifically with with things that are going on within the church and where it seems like evangelicalism is is even getting more accepting 
of of abortion, or even at the very least, finding certain kinds of justifications for not actually doing anything about it. What do, what do you think is actually influencing this this infiltration, for lack of a better word? Because I mean, I feel like five years ago we wouldn't have been having this conversation, but all of a sudden now we've got it to where, like you were saying, Tabidi, Beth Moore, Mark Dever, like the list goes on and on, and it's like they're calling off calling off the ranks in order to actually deal with this issue, when if we all just unified, we could maybe do something. What, what do you think is actually going on here? I think it's uh, somewhat Trump derangement syndrome. I think, uh, <clears throat> and, and I think God is using it to expose these guys. Obviously, their opinion on abortion isn't my opinion on abortion. Obviously, the conviction that they have on abortion isn't the conviction I have. We feel differently about abortion, obviously, because on my end, I would never let uh, the personality of the president or anyone else, for that matter, change anything about me fighting for uh, these life issues. So I think Trump has exposed a weakness within evangelicals as far as conviction in this area. And I'd like to propose we either need to change our doctrine or start living it. <clears throat> our doctrine says that the unborn child is the equivalent of a five-year-old. Well, we don't live that way, Jeff. Nobody lives that way. If they were killing five-year-olds at the Planned Parenthood down the street, I'm positive that more would be being done about that, and the church would be there. <clears throat> That's why I started the church at Planned Parenthood, I, because more needs to be done. We need to start living our theology. So I think Trump himself um, accidentally has exposed the weakness within evangelical ranks. So there's a lot of softness. I, th I think the seeker-sensitive movement, <clears throat> the seeker-sensitive movement, I think uh, the hyper-grace movement um, has really weakened Christianity as well-meaning as they were, as well-meaning as Rick Warren was, and, and as well-meaning as these guys were, I think they've really weakened. And somehow, we've talked about it, it's gotten into the, the Calvinist ranks, which is, you and I have talked about, very surprising. These are your Bible people. <clears throat> How do Bible, Bible, Bible people, you know, allow this poison of wokeness and, and liberalism and leftism and socialism and Marxism get into the ranks of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's very disconcerting, very confusing. But I will say this, it is making a lot of close friends. You and I have become friends. Sam Jones and and, and just so many other uh, great conservative, evangelical, and patriots have gotten close. Um, God's forming a, a new remnant, um, and that's all he needs to keep things clean. And I, and I think we're going to... We're going to end up on top after it's all over. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, and I think, too, because we were talking about the whole, uh, you know, the Calvinist crowd really going woke. And, and in all reality, that, that, that's my crowd, unfortunately. And I feel like, to a certain degree, I'm going to have to stop calling myself a Calvinist because I feel like it means all these other things. It, it's, it's pretty crazy. Mm. But, but I, think one, I think one of the aspects of this is this idea that the Calvinists were always so focused on doctrine. They were so focused right. on theology. And I think, you know, like I grew up, again, and, you know, not to bash the guy, but I grew up in the John MacArthur crowd, right? I grew up with it being instilled into me that the sermon was not about application. 
It was about theology. And I think that that was a big problem within the Calvinist movement mm. is we've separated out the theology from the application mm. and, wow. and we just allow each of the individuals to decide how to apply that passage. That may be a big problem here where like you and I were talking before we came on here with the Gospel Coalition, the whole unifying factor mm. there was the five points of Calvinism. As long as we agreed on those five things... It didn't matter anything else you believed or did or whatever it is, as long as you believed in those five things which they equated with the gospel. And I think, I wonder, I'm wondering too, and this just came to me as we we're talking, if this is one of the big problems right now is the separation between theology and application. You brought out a, a fantastic point. I never thought of that, but I have noticed in my dealings with Calvinist churches uh, we 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 were part of the Gospel Coalition, even even though I wasn't Calvinist. I basically snuck in as as a Wesleyan, um, and and because they were preaching Bible. But I remember when I was really flirting with becoming a part of that group, even as a Wesleyan. Um, I remember them touting, "Hey, we don't do a lot of application preaching. We just teach doctrine." and the Bible, and then we let people, you know, let that come out in their own lives, however it comes out. And I understand that we can be too much application-minded. I think they had a valid point there. We can't tell everybody how to live their lives, but there is something called discipleship, where you've got to be a little bit practical. And I know pragmatism had gotten to the extreme as well, and I think maybe it was an overcorrection, Hey, let's not be pragmatic um, because, you know, Joel Osteen's pragmatic or so, you know, all the, the faith people are so pragmatic. And, and so I understand. I think it was an overcorrection, Jeff. I think you're right. Let's watch out for being too pragmatic. Let's not be uh, too, you know, application minded in our sermons. But my goodness, if people aren't learning how to vote from our teaching doctrine, maybe we ought to be a little bit application-minded and say, hey, by the way, since John the Baptist leapt for joy in the womb, that means that that baby is an actual baby in the womb. Let's maybe vote that way to save John the Baptist. Because if John the Baptist was born today to the wrong mom in the womb, he'd be in danger of making a trip to Planned Parenthood, and there goes John, you know? I mean, uh, so I think... Boy, you brought out a valid point. I, I'd never caught that before, but I think you just hit something on the head. No application preaching, like zero, is is not good. There needs to be some application. So, yeah, very good point, Jeff. Yeah, you're smarter than I thought. You're smarter than I thought you were. Yeah, the, the, I, I guess the, I guess the Calvinism hasn't uh, hasn't completely uh, stuck in there, huh? Wow. <laughs> so wow. Well, well, and, and this is where I'm, I'm like slowly coming around. I'm like, okay, do I, you know, it, you know, it, it makes me rethink a lot of the other theologies I've been taught because of how off base a lot of these Calvinists are. And again, I'm a five point Calvinist, and and I'm still, and I'm still being extremely critical. And I, I get, I get a lot of crap for being extremely critical of my Calvinist uh, brothers and sisters. But, but I, th- I think one of the other criticisms of people that get really into the single issue voting kind of comes into this mentality of you are worshiping the state or you're worshiping Trump or you're, or you're putting these specific issues up on a pedestal or making an idol out of them or things like that. 
and I think you, it's, it's interesting too. With you, you know, you're the founder of a new church called Patriot Church. That is a, that is a huge criticism of a lot of conservatives is you shouldn't be patriotic. You shouldn't love America because we're citizens of heaven. How, how do we as conservative Christians maneuver this to where, to where, you know, either they can't make that valid criticism or B, is it even a wrong thing to love America? Yeah, it's, you know, we started Patriot Church, and in a way, it's a pushback with all this shaming. Like, they, they, they literally try to shame us for loving this country as if we love it more than the kingdom of God, when the fact and the truth is we love America because we love the kingdom of God, because America allows us to spread the gospel freely, send out missionaries, worship how we feel we want to worship, preach the things we feel God wants us to preach. That's why we love America. If America wasn't beneficial to the kingdom of God, we wouldn't like America. But America has been good to us in the gospel, good to pastors, good to missionaries. Uh, missionaries come to America to raise support. They don't go to Africa. They don't go to other places to raise support. I know we support many, many missionaries. They come to America. That's why we love America. So I started Patriot Church just to push back and say, not only are you not going to shame me for loving this country, I'm going to make a church name to basically just be blatant about it and just dare you. Go ahead. Bring on the criticism. We're going to be blatant. This country is hurting, and the church is the only one that has the answer. Black Lives Matter doesn't have the answer for this nation. Antifa doesn't have the answer for this nation. There's only Without the Holy Spirit, there is no answer for this nation. The only entity that can help, truly help this nation is the church of Jesus Christ, the pillar and the ground of truth, the one that is being built and powered by the Holy Ghost. That is the only organization that can help this country. So yeah, we're going to be Patriot Church because we're going to be a good Samaritan church and the country is bleeding and lying in the ditch. We're the only ones that can help her. And these woke people, these these anti-USA people, I just see them as the, the Pharisee walking on the other side of the road, holding their nose up while America is dying in the ditch. I'm not going to be that. I'm gonna, We're going to be the good Samaritan. We're going to be bold about it and blatant about it. So, yeah, the shaming and the emotionalism is, is out of control in the Church of Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous. And we're, we're giving them a pushback. And you know what? People are responding. I mean, we're in week six. We had over 100 people at our first service. We didn't know anybody in town until like uh, three months ago. So people are hungry for a church that's not going to be shamed. It's going to say, no, we love America. We're not sorry for it. We love God most. We love the gospel most. We love the kingdom of God most. But this nation is good for the gospel. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's that there's a, an important point to make with that as well uh, in the sense of, I feel like historically with, with the evangelical Christian movement, we kind of had two trains of thought that, w- that were running kind of separate from each other. So you had the, like the Jerry Falwells that were extremely involved in politics, but maybe they weren't as involved in the theology or the Bible teaching and things like that. And then you had right. the Calvinist movement, which was extremely doctrinal and theological, but then they weren't involved in politics and they were actually saying it was wrong. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be involved in that, you know, things like that. And I feel, and I feel like where we are right now is a direct response to uh, to both of those movements. We need both. And, you know, we as as believers, we're supposed to be light shining in darkness. That includes the political realm, 
But then we also, we can't forget the spiritual side of things and the lack of the gospel being preached. And I think, too, that would actually alleviate one of the arguments that the left is always throwing at us of, well, if you if you get rid of Roe v. Wade, if you get rid of abortion, you're going to have women having abortions in back alleys and, you know, it, endangering their lives and things like that. That's where I think our mission on the spiritual side comes in comes into play with the gospel, transforming lives with the Holy Spirit, things like that. So it kind of you kind of have to have both the politics and the gospel. It can't just be one or the other. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com-spiritpark. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. I agree. Uh, what, what you're calling for is uh, what you're asking for, Jeff, is wisdom, discernment, you know, brains. Um, you know, that's what you're that's what you're calling for. The church shouldn't be in either ditch, you know, We're, but we, we can't avoid the issues in our nation. There, there are spiritual issues that get hung up in politics. Abortion is not a political issue. It's become a political football. But ultimately, it is a righteousness issue. We are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So what you're proposing, once again, Jeff, is just an outlandish idea that the church should actually be wise and discerning and, and, and have, have understanding of what's going on around us and how important the nation is, but yet... The reason we love the nation is because we love the kingdom of God. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, and yes, yet it, it seems like it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now, one last thing I, wa- I wanted to bring up to you as as we're wrapping up, but but I know so your chapter specifically is on single issue voting, and I think obviously uh, the the main moral of the story is you got to vote for the most pro life candidate <laughs> out there. Um, but w- so I think to me that that's a given, but it's important that people read the chapter to understand the argumentation that's being thrown against us when it comes to that. But one of the other things I wanted to ask you specifically was what can believers, what can the church do to actually make some headway against the abortion movement? Um, You know, besides just voting, voting obviously is a huge deal, but practically speaking, I feel like and you and I have talked about this before. There's a lot of organizations out there that, you know, they're pro-life organizations, but maybe they don't actually want to solve the issue because there goes their job. There goes their organization. 
what do believers do to actually make some headway in this? You know, I think I think they do something similar to what I'm doing. They don't have to do what I'm doing, but they need to do something similar. They need to they need to be boots on the ground, boots on the ground at these uh, murder factories that are th- these industries that are murdering human life for money. What a terrible industry, Jeff! It's like sell cars or something. You're going to make money based on the death of human life. That's this industry. Christians should be out there at Planned Parenthood in some way, shape, or form. If you don't want to say anything, go out there and just walk and pray once a week or once a month. If every Christian would get their boots on the ground out to these murder factories, can you imagine the thousands and thousands of people that we could get out there that that at least makes a statement to the world? The church cares about this. They're not going to condone it. They aren't okay with it. It's wrong, and we might not be able to stop it at this point. We're going to keep on voting, but until we stop it, we're going to be out here. We're going to pray. We're going to we're going to plead. We're going to worship. We're going to preach. Whatever whatever you, that's what we do. We do we do the church at Planned Parenthood. So we get out there. We have church. All right. It's very very simple, but but it's doing something, and it's shaking our whole city up. It's shaking the whole city up. I'm being sued by Planned Parenthood. I've been called into the mayor's office. I've met with city council. <clears throat> We've literally turned the upside with the city upside down with with 500 people. That's it, 500 people. So that's what needs to happen. Christians need to get their butts out to Planned Parenthood in some way, shape, or form. If you don't like my idea, come up with your own idea. We just need to get out there. Yeah, no, 100%, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that I highly recommend everybody that's watching this, make sure you guys do get a copy of Church and State. Again, it's not just trying to sell something, it's trying to get resources in your hand, and especially on this issue, because Ken does a very good job of breaking down the argumentation uh, against single-issue voting. And the thing we got to remember is the Gospel Coalition, the ERLC, all these organizations that have been hijacked, they have influence over your pastor more than likely. And so you need to be aware of when your pastor is saying something, you may not catch on unless you begin to really equip yourself uh, with the other side and with the biblical uh, understanding of truth when it comes to issues like this. So I highly recommend you guys get this book. Highly recommend you guys read uh, Ken's chapter as well. But Ken, I really appreciate you coming on here talking about this, but also uh, your participation in the book. Uh, it, was, it was a great chapter. Well, it was a great honor to be in this book. Uh, what a lineup, as I said before, what a lineup. And uh, thank you, because I know you are, are on the choosing committee. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be a part. I, I don't feel worthy of it, but uh, but it was a real uh, blessing and an honor. Hey, I, I always love working with you. I always, always love having you on. I always love talking to you, all that kind of stuff. Again, always an open invite. Come back anytime. Uh, but, but, and then everybody else that's watching as well. Uh, make sure you guys uh, go over and you guys can order your copy of Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America. Uh, again, great lineup. Uh, Michael Brown, uh, Greg Locke, Ken Peters, Kerry Gordon. Again, great lineup of conservative Christian voices really confronting this specific issue of the left infiltrating in the church with the ultimate goal of conquering America. So it's really important yeah. you guys get this, you understand what's going on. Go to gatekeepersonline.com slash church and state. Use the code can at checkout. You get 10% off. And then you also get a free copy of Sam's book, Why I'm Pro-Life. Definitely get that. Definitely check that out. And we shall catch you guys next time.
Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. <laughs> 